Hey guys, this is Rick coming at you with Weed to No Basis, the podcast for all things cannabis business related. Are you an entrepreneur? Have something you wanted to create, something you wanted to bring to life in the cannabis industry? Maybe you've always wanted to partake in one of the biggest industries in modern day history. This is the podcast to listen to. All right, so we're live. We are, we are recording now, MJ. And um, so look, here, here's the cool thing. So we're coming at you live. Um, and for those of you who are tuning in right now, you already heard the intro, but just as a quick reminder is, um, if you're listening, then you are on a weed to no basis. Now, the, the, the um, premise of the show, whether you're listening or you're watching on YouTube or WeedTube or um, wherever else we're posting this on our Wisty account, then um, just remember that the, the audience is you. We cater to, the, the, the person we're speaking to is the early stage cannabis operator, whether you're a plant touching, ancillary business, CBD, hemp, marijuana, doesn't matter where you are in the country, um, we're, we're speaking to you. So um, at the end of the show, stay tuned because we're going to give you MJ's uh, contact info and you're going to want to listen in because this is some really cool stuff coming at you from SoCal. So MJ is so glad to have you today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Nice. So just real quick, because um, while we do a lot of these in person here at our, uh, what we call Hemp Q, Hemp HQ, really it's, it's our residence. So this, I, I actually record these, um, these interviews here. And also when we do live, I'm looking into our studio, which is actually our living room. This is home. Where are you at right now? Where's home? So Santa Monica is where I'm at. And I'm, I'm in my living room as well. <laughs> so nice. Yes. Santa Monica. I, now, uh, for those of you who are actually watching this, when I look down, just to, um, I'm very repetitive. I take a ton of notes. Santa Monica. So, um, I love it. You ever get down to Venice? Yeah, I do. It's right up the street. So, not not often. It's hard to leave your little, you know, section when you're in LA. Um, so, even going to Venice can be a, a trek if you're not if you go at the wrong time. So, I try to stay within Santa Monica. But no, I I once in a while go over to Venice and Marina. I love Marina as well. Nice. That, and that's, um, so I always think of, so whenever I go to LA and I'm, I was, I'm born and raised in LA. I've been in Texas for a long time, but I always think of LAX and I always, I try to stay north of LAX, Marina, yeah. Venice, Santa Monica. So <laughs> it is, well, that's what, when you live here, you got to be smart about where you choose to live because a lot of people think, oh, I'll just go over, live in, you know, South side. It might be a little cheaper, but then if you're working in West LA, it's a nightmare. Right. So it's in, in traffic wise. So you have to like figure out what, what areas you like and stick to that. <laughs> yeah. Traffic. That, that's uh, what we're, we're experiencing a lot more traffic here in San Antonio. It's, it's a growing city, nowhere near uh, the density of like LA or Southern Cal, but um, it's, I, I totally feel you because we, where we live, we're downtown and we stay in this little bubble here. We really oh, yeah. venture out. Yeah, you don't ever, <laughs> if you have things around you, it's great. You don't ever want to leave, but then you get too spoiled, right? Sometimes you have yeah. to go and you dread it, but sure. no, I can't complain for sure. Minus the couple earthquakes we just had, but. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, I forgot about, that was just so, um, for those of you who are tuning in at whatever time, we're recording this in the summer of 2019, and there were just a couple of earthquakes out there, right? Yeah, there were two, one on the morning of the 4th of July. And then the next night was a 7.1. So it was, it was probably like 100, 150 miles from LA, but you definitely felt it. I actually didn't feel the first one. I was at the gym working out. <laughs> and so I don't know how I didn't feel it if all the weights dropping, you know. Um, but the second one, I was on a balcony. And so that was pretty scary. But wow. I think what's scarier is just because they were back to back. So everyone's on edge right now this week, you know. 
not knowing if another one's going to come and the big one that's supposed to come in yeah, the next 20, 30 years could be any time. So it kind of put a lot of people on alert for sure. Dang, it reminds me of that movie by, by The Rocks. The, what is it called? Andreas? <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know what? And I think that's the problem is people see movies like that. Everyone's freaking out that like California is going to fall off and drown um, when the earth, you know, a big earthquake hits. But we'll see. I don't know. There's still a lot of people here. So <laughs> yeah. Dang. So the, so the song, and I'm not trying to jinx anything. I, again, California is my home away from home, but, but the song Oceanfront Property in Arizona may yeah. become a... <laughs> Well, my family was here last week from Arizona, so they got to experience their first earthquake, but that's what they were joking about, too. Dang, that's crazy. They won't the front. <laughs> but, but, but look, so beyond the actual earth shaking and, and California being a hotbed of, um, of cannabis startups and business and it, it being um, arguably the mecca, um, especially kind of Southern Cal, you know, one can say, well, it's Seattle or no, Portland is the OGs, but, uh, you know, California is, has always been perennially a, the trendsetter. Everything emerges, especially from Southern Cal. So beyond the earth shattering is what I really want to dive into today is, is what you do in the industry. And um, it was, it's, it was, it's fascinating to me. And even though it might feel like old hat to you, because this is what you do every day, uh, I, I love the ancillary part of the industry. That is what that means, just for clarity for folks who are listening, is those are businesses that are not necessarily plant touching. They're not growers or cultivators or extractors or um, even a retail operation, the ancillary. So think of the gold rush and not the, not the machinery and the things that went into panning for gold, but picks, axes, and Levi's. And that's what I really dig about um, your company. You're the founder of MJ Hybrid Solutions. So give, give us, I don't want to read off my notes, so give, give us just a high-level overview of what you guys do at MJ Hybrid Solutions. Yes, of course. So MJ Hybrid Solutions, we're an online, um, online sales training and cannabis education platform for the industry. So we really focus on going in and training the frontline employees, so bud tenders, um, retail stores, you know, any, any consumer facing services, product companies, and just pretty much any cannabis sales professional in the industry. Um, and so our goal is it's, I, you know, I call it the MJ hybrid training system. It's a training I developed. I've been in the industry five years. Um, my background, I started on the CBD hemp side, working with uh, CV sciences as a sales rep. And so in my few years of working in sales in this industry, I really saw a need for this training because, you know, it's, it's a new product. It's a new thing. We're still trying to end the stigma on it. And so it's, it's still confusing to a lot of people. And so I developed this training approach that really helps employees when they come into the industry and get a job is, is how to effectively communicate what we're selling and what cannabis is to um, the consumers, as well as obviously being educated on what it is they're selling. Um, yeah. And that's, so that's pr primarily the focus. And so it's, it gives you a little bit of both the science education product knowledge along with that, you know, basic sales uh, training 101. Gotcha. So five years in the business, you started on the CBD side as a sales rep. And, um, and, and I want to, I want to point this out to that. And again, my words, not yours, but were you necessarily looking for a startup or did you just recognize a gap or a problem in the industry? So a little bit of both. I mean, I mainly recognize this gap, but I, when I got into the industry, you know, my background was heavily in sales and leadership management um, and in other industries. And so when I 
got in to this industry, I met someone, it was a crazy story. I met someone at a bar that was running the, the for C, with CV Sciences that was running, you know, they were, they were about to start their sales division. And so he introduced me to CBD oil. And so I started researching it. But, but even before I really knew about the cannabis industry, I had had my mind. I went through a lot of leadership. I go through a lot of seminars and I had really wanted to get into a new growing industry that I could one, make a difference, but also grow and develop and, and become a leader in it, whether it was starting my own business or help a company um, grow in a high level position with the company. So I went into this industry knowing it was a growing industry and there was a lot of opportunity, but I didn't really narrow in on this, you know, the, the training or consulting necessarily until I was a couple years in and I just really saw the need when I was working with dispensaries and other companies, you know, you're, they're just, there's so much product, no one knows anything, new consumers, it's the mainstream consumers coming in, talking with, like you talked about the old school, especially California, it was kind of the old school OG type bud tenders. And so there was a big gap in, in how it was being communicated and, you know, and, and everyone's scared still. So you, and every consumer that comes in, we're trying to end a stigma and we're trying to end prohibition. So you have like every customer that comes in, it matters how you treat them and how, what they know about it and that they walk away feeling confident and comfortable that with trying cannabis. And so that was my whole purpose was like, okay, I need to bridge the gap between cannabis and the new consumer. And, and how do we speak to it and, and make them feel comfortable that what they're getting and understand it and, and make it approachable. So with all these new people coming in to try that that's, that's what's going to lead us right to eventually making it federally legal is everybody has to be, you know, getting everybody on board. Um, and then obviously the education component, we all know that's huge in this industry, right? There's dosing, um, the amount, how, what, what types of products people should be taking. It's, it's, you know, especially on the THC side, everyone reacts differently. So it's, it's important to have that education. And even though there was a little bit of education out there, I really just saw that huge need of kind of combining it. And so one, one night on a plane ride home, I upgraded to first class and just stayed up all night and wrote, started writing my content that I had and conforming it to cannabis. So went from there. <laughs> Nice. I, I, I take a lot of notes because I have a, a lot of things emerge for me. So, yeah. um, you know, what just emerged for me is, is this is there's there's a lot of folks who um, might might think of first class as as an, as a, a splurge. Or, so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. So <laughs> you, you upgraded to first class and you worked all night. Would that have been possible if you not had made that splurge or better yet? Why did you decide to upgrade to first class to work on that plane flight? Well, so it was, it was, I was at a, on vacation in Hawaii. And so, um, and when I was in Hawaii is when I, you know, it, it was my first real week long vacation from work. And I, that's when I really kind of got real with myself about wanting to make this transition and start something myself in this industry. But I one hate flying. <laughs> so, um, I like, you know, and I'm tall, I'm six feet tall. And so when you go on planes being stuck, I get claustrophobic and stuff. So I always like try to look for ways to either upgrade to business class or first class if possible. Um, but yeah, it was it for, but my excuse, my main excuse was, you know what, I want to get on this plane and have be a comfortable seat, have a few drinks and be able to just write this content. And so no, when you're stuck, but you know, in, coach and you're squished having your computer out it just is not doesn't work and there, there's something about first class and business class especially as an entrepreneur as a business owner when you have to or or even just any type of employee when you have to get stuff done is having that room and that space to be comfortable on the airplane because it's not easy it's hard for me to work on airplanes for sure 
Love it. And I, I love, I love the lesson there, honestly, if I, I'm just being very frank with, with the audience now is that, um, because uh, there's a lot of folks out there, in my experience at least, who are afraid to, to splurge, and I'm using the air quotes, or um, the luxury, and they classify it in their minds as something that's not needed. But as an entrepreneur, you're, I, I believe what you just said, 110%. I've done the exact same thing for a very specific reason, not to get the free drinks and not, I'm, I'm about five foot seven, so I don't have the problems you have. So, but but I, I do it because my productivity um, when I know I'm going to be in a flying metal tube, uh, flying for a long period of time, and I, by nature, don't sleep at night or on planes, I want to be productive. So the trade-off, the time for money or the value proposition is, it's, it's like, it's a done deal. Like, I, I do it, not, again, not for the drinks or for the leg room, but because I can get shit done. And I yeah. love that. Well, you know, and I, I, I go to a lot, you know, like I said, I've done a lot of seminars, and I was at a Tony Robbins seminar last year and he brought it up you know about flying he got a personal jet as soon as he could right or uh private planes and he talked about the time too when you're an entrepreneur and you're running businesses it's, it's a time thing because then you have to when you're flying commercial you have to get the airport go through security you're sitting there for an hour waiting to board you're crammed like you said your productivity goes down so when you have that luck when you're able to do that a lot of people give people crap about it right oh you're flying private just because you have a little bit of money out, but it, it actually does save you a lot of time and you can be more productive. So it, it's, it is definitely a trade-off. And I remember him bringing that up and that's what, you know, when he just, when you justify it like that, people don't think of things like that, right? They just look at something a certain way. They don't really open up to how, how can I get, how can I maximize my time? And that's one thing I really feel like I'm good at is, is maximizing, figuring out how to stretch out and get things done in a certain time frame. Yeah, for sure. Um, love it. I, I love, I love, the, I love the nuggets that emerge in these conversations. And that's, um, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a great one. So five years in the business, you started, you met a guy in a bar, you started, you started. <laughs> yeah, <it was> happy <laughs> hour. Hey, I'm just going by what you said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, no shame, no shame in the game. Don't worry. So my wife and I have been together and married for together 19, married 18 years. And our very first date was I got dumped in a bar. I kid you not. And she, I, I met her there. Her, no, her, her, happens, right? her best friend dumped me in a bar and she happened to be there. And that's when we became friends. And it was like, this is a cool girl. So no judgment at all. I love the bars. And our experiences are obviously different. I, I ended up getting married. You ended up um, getting into um, CBD, becoming a CBD sales rep. But before that, let me wind back because you said some things about your background in sales, leadership, um, and uh, management. So were you kind of like a, a corporate person? Is that what you did prior to entering the industry? Yeah. So when I got out of college, um, I got into real estate when I, I moved back to Arizona. I played volleyball at San Diego State. So I was in San Diego, moved back to Arizona for a few years. And I got into real estate first just because my whole family was in real estate. Um, but I got into it obviously 2006, 2007 during the, the crazy, you know, meltdown of it all. But so first I started off in there, but I always was kind of just a, a, you know, an entre kind of entrepreneur at heart, like to take risks, got into these different projects. And then I did finally get into kind of corporate, um, working in for-profit education, which we can get to later that I, I think there are definitely some similarities, but it's, you're dealing with education, right? It was during the uh 2008 when everything was going down everyone was going back to school so i those those kind of companies started 
uh, popping up. So I got into that and started doing management. I got my master's degree in leadership. And so I worked in for-profit education for four or five years and, and managing. And that was difficult because you have to sell without being allowed to sell, right? Because there's a lot of heavy regulations that, um, student loans and, and things like that that caused a lot of regulations and a lot of things so it was it was an interesting um industry to be in but i think a lot of that and what i learned from that really helped me when i got into this industry because it's very similar in that we have to deal with a lot of regulations um we're dealing with comp people that are suffering we're dealing with people that you, you know you don't you don't, you don't want to just sell them on something that they really don't need because this is something that could literally save their life quote unquote not forgetting making claims but <laughs> but you know what i mean like this was something that was new to people so so yeah i mean i have a i have a big corporate background and so i think coming into that that's what when i started this business i i was able to bring both my corporate business background along with the experience i had in the cannabis industry which a lot of people you know when they, they've gone in the last couple years haven't, haven't had both sides so i'm very fortunate that i was able to get in when i did Gotcha. And, and that's, that's a, it's something I, I wanted to tease that out because it's something we talked about in an episode way back when about how when folks are considering jumping into the industry as an entrepreneur or startup, uh, somebody with an idea, generally speaking, they gravitate towards growing or selling. And there's so much more. And one of, our ep one of the episodes we touched on, again, I forget which one it was, but we talked about how, how to stay with something you already know something you've already been able to monetize and maybe, you know, let's, let's just take it to this level, something you're passionate about, you can monetize, you can be really good at. And that sounds like that's kind of what you did. You took your experience, your background, you didn't deviate too far. You got into a sales position at the CBD company. Then, so uh, I'm walking through this. So as you were, let's say, knocking on doors, so to speak, or going to um, shops or, or stores or meeting with people, you begin to recognize uh, we'll call the gap of education between uh, the consumer and the producer, so to speak, that there was, there was a huge gap. Was it a challenge for you as a salesperson? When I was selling products yes. before I started this. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Because, well, so after I was at CV sciences, obviously that was difficult because going into that, it was literally when I started the first day on the job, it's like, call anyone you want in North America, any company and try to sell CBD, you know? So that's like, okay, where do I start? You know, and then you had to zero in and then it's calling people that have five years ago, no one had a clue about CBD, right? I mean, a small portion did. And then on top of that, it was people calling in asking about CBD. So that was the other hard part is, is how do you educate them and how do you explain it to make them understand it like based on their thought process, right? And how they, how they interpret things. So it was very difficult that first year and it's a, it was a slow process, everything. And you probably know this, we all know this in this industry, things take a lot longer, right? Because it's just, it's a new industry and everybody in the industry is a startup. So it, it's trying to get out and, and just the, continuously pushing that education and talking to people and, and understanding who your customer is. And so it was very difficult and then I went to work for this other company and to start their sales team and went there as a sales manager. They were a client of ours at CD Sciences and I went to go start their sales team. And that was the hardest part there was letting me kind of do my thing and what they were trying to do. And, and that's where, when I saw the huge need is this company, they, their CEO was very big on pushing why they had the greatest product in the world. Right. 
everyone talks about why they have the greatest products. So as it's starting to build and get more popularity and you're trying to sell, but then he's butting in, not letting you try to un like understand who you're speaking to, but versus, oh yeah, this is why you need our product. It does this, this, and that. And it's like, no one really cares. They just want to know how it's going to help them, how it's going to help their customers and how they're going to make money. Right. And so, so that's where I saw the huge need, like, man, people need like to understand that this isn't like car sales. This isn't like <laughs> you go in and you talk about you have the greatest thing ever and push people to buy it. Like people's lives are at stake here. So it's like, that's where, you know, I, I got a lot of slack when I first started this talking about sales training. Cause people always look at sales reps as just bad, right? Or a bad thing being in sales or being sales. You shouldn't have to teach bud tender sales tactics. But I'm like, no, I'm teaching them. Like there's good sales and bad sales, right? And there's that long-term relationship sell. And that's what meeting the consumer's needs, asking them the right questions and guiding them because that's what's going to help you sell these products longer over time, right? Um, so it was, yeah, it, it was difficult. And there were many times I wanted to quit and I regret, you know, you, you think, man, why did I get into this industry? Or why did I, you know, I took a huge pay cut and what am I doing? But, but as you start educating and as you started learning, you know, in this industry, you start to realize just how amazing it is and how many people are uneducated. And then you start to understand the stigma behind it. And so that's where your passion and your purpose comes in. Right. And that's what, when I started this company, like you said, I, I brought, I had my, my passion. I love leadership and development. I love training other people. I really find my happiness is when I can help other people be successful. And so I, if I'm able to take that as well as that, my whole, purpose of getting this industry to educate the world on cannabis and I can deliver that to other people. So then it's kind of tenfold and how they help other people. And, and, and so for me, just helping 100 clients, but if I'm teaching all of these employees in the industry, how to sell appropriately, how to meet the consumer's needs, get the, educate them properly, then that's like tenfold of what I wanted to do when I got in this industry. Right. So what's more rewarding than that? Nice. So, um, MJ hybrid solutions was born. And uh, the idea was you recognize a gap or an opportunity, let's call it either one, you recognize a problem and you design the solution. And uh, my word's not yours, but it's a technology-based solution. It's an online training platform where cannabis dispensaries, and let me open up that, uh, let me just for the audience's sake, we're not just talking marijuana shops or stores or dispensaries. You work with CBD brick and mortar stores across the US now, right? Yes. Okay. So I just want to, I just want to be clear because um, this, the word dispensary is being applied more and more to all kinds of brick and mortar, whether it's CBD, hemp, or cannabis, marijuana, all of those things. And so your company serves all of those in between and not just Southern Cal, but because you're technology based, you can serve clients across the country. And I think I saw one of your Instagram posts or not too long ago, you actually went to, um, was it Michigan and worked in with I guess side by side hand in hand with with the store correct yeah so I'll do uh obviously I have an online program for you know one that's specific for dispensaries that it's both cannabis CBD and then I have one CBD hemp training um and then uh what I do as well there you know some of the bigger larger chains they like to customize their training um programs and so what I'll do is I'll go in I have the content and you know, now that I can show, hey, this is what I've been doing. This has helped many stores increase their sales, their customer loyalty. They'll, so they'll want my content, but say they want it customized to fit with their, with their branding. So I, I do that as well with larger chains. So with Michigan, it's this group Common Citizen. They're just rolling out. They're gonna be opening, I believe, 
20 stores in Michigan. Great group of guys, great branding. I love everything they're doing. So it was a perfect fit. So like them, I, I basically took my training, but conformed it and intertwined it with their branding. And I went there for 10 days and worked with them. And I did a two day training with the new employees. And then I did a lot of hands-on. So I'll go in, I'll do that. Obviously it's, it's a little more difficult, time consuming. So it might be a little more money. But for bigger chains, some of them, it's worth it, right? And that hands-on training, I, I, I'm a big believer about implementation. So even with my online training, I'm very much involved with the companies or, and keeping in touch and making sure they have an implementation plan. I provide a training guide, um, accountability sheet, because I'm, I'm a big believer information without implementation has no value. So I don't want to just, hey, give your employees this. Like, it's all about how you roll it out, how you get them involved in the process. And, you know, it's just whole, all about creating that culture. And that's what's going to help drive your sales as well um, as a retail store. So, so, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of both. I have people that will license the content. They'll want me to come out, do hands-on. And then, um, but for a lot of people, it just makes sense for them to just go on the, on the platform and go through the training. Nice. So and to provide a little bit of clarity for uh, just for listeners and, and I, I do these because you and I have talked before and yeah. um, we're, we're, I, I truly believe likely here in the near future, we're going to be meeting in person. But so your, your training isn't necessarily to teach somebody about like how CBD works in the body or how to apply it. You're talking specifically um, about sales, how to increase uh, per person, per unit, or ticket sales when a customer enters a dispensary and how the salesperson in said dispensary or retail operation interacts and increases sales. Is that the gist of it, basically? Yes, but I do provide the education as well. So it's, it's so for example, for a dispensary online, there's 39, 38 or 39 total modules, right? So you split it up, there's about 19 sales training and 19 18 or 19 education ones. So they do get both. So they can go on that, you know, it's, it's the endocannabinoid system. What is CBD, THC basics, you know, know your product. And, and on that side with the education, just so to clarify, so people aren't wondering where I, if I'm just writing that, but that actually is, I partnered with a medical cannabis doctor out of San Francisco, Dr. Jean Talleyrand, he owns Medican. And so he, him, and as well as a cannabis scientist, Kyle Boyer, um, who I worked with at a previous company, have written a lot of the educational material for me. So I get it written and reviewed by a doctor scientist. So I, I do have that education there, so they have that knowledge. But then what I do, my background, you know, being in sales is, is what I've done, in, and this was obviously over the last two years, even starting my company, I went and got behind dispensary counters and listened to customers over and over again and how to explain it, right? Because they don't want, you don't want to give them too much information. So they don't, you don't need to know too much into the science. My whole thing is with sales reps in this industry, it's, it's, they're not going to understand the total breakdown of how cannabis works, right? I don't even, I'm not a doctor or scientist, but how can, how can I teach it to them? So they're able to explain it when they're asking the customer questions and guiding them, which is they learn that technique from what I, I train on. And then by guiding them based on that customer's needs, how do I bring in the product knowledge and, and education that's going to make that customer understand it and be confident in what they're purchasing? So it, it's a combined sales training education um, pl uh, platform, so to say. But I'm big on the sales side. I, I'm a big believer that if, if education, you can have all the education and product knowledge in the world, but if you don't know who you're speaking to, then it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not going to it's not going to translate. You have to really understand who your person is, 
what their thought process, what they already know about it and ask them questions, then guide them. So you hear a lot of stores will be like, oh, come in, ask us questions. We're here to answer for you. And I'm very big, the opposite. Like they come in, you need to be the one asking questions. You need to be actively listening and, and listening for who, what your customer needs. Then you can guide them and explain them, hey, these are the four products based on what you told me. Let me show you these four products versus, hey, have you seen, you know, you're 60 years old and you've never smoked before, but why don't you check out our dab? You want to take a dab or, you know, like not trying to explain everything. So it's, it's just a little bit of a, of a twist in, in the training process, I guess. Gotcha. I love it. Everything you're, everything you're, pick, you're putting down, I'm picking up and I, I really dig it. And um, um, so let, let, me, let me take a little bit of a, of a different direction here because there are some folks who have now heard you and, and listened. Maybe they've even gone to your website um, at this point and checked you out on Instagram. And they might be thinking, man, that's a great, uh, I, I love the concept. I love the online training. I love her background and that resonates with me, you know, and, and I really want to do that. But what really caught my ear, one of the first times we, we spoke was how you actually began to execute on your idea and you joined an incubator program. And I want you to just kind of tease out, you don't have to go into depth, but just kind of, um, because I'm a, I'm a massive believer in masterminds, incubation programs, accelerator programs. That's what we do. Greenseed is actually one of the country's um, first 10 accelerator programs. And everyone has a different model around it. But you actually were able to bring your idea to life, um, out, take it out of your brain and bring it to life by joining an incubator program in Southern Cal, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Just high level, like the process, what it was like. Because I think you had to apply, and um, there was uh, an equity piece that, that you gave up and turned for some seed funding. And tell us a little bit about that. So it's interesting. You know, I'm a big believer that there's opportunity right all around us, and things and things can come up. We just have to see it, right? Kind of like the bar situation, right? Or you're getting dumped, but then you meeting the best friend, <laughs> or I'm meeting the guy that got me into this industry. And it was similar to this incubator. Is I knew nothing about it, and so I was living in San Diego at the time. I've been living. I was living in San Diego the last seven years. So when I first came up with this idea, I started working on it. And at first I wasn't really thinking online. It was more, oh, I'm going to go into dispensaries and, you know, and train them. And I was very fortunate to get introduced to a dispensary in San Diego that I was able to go kind of pre-beta on and just go in there and work with them and see if they got the concept. And so that's when I was like, okay, this is, you know, that team, even just working with them two hours and, and giving them a little bit of education, a little bit of sales training, they saw a huge increase in their sales. And this was just a it was right before, it was before it went recreational. It was still 2016, beginning of 2017. And, and, you know, so it was still kind of an old school cowboy shop and it was just crazy. So I was like, all right, this is, this is a need. I need to get this done. And I had asked a friend one day, and I was still working this other job while I was starting to work on this. Right. And I asked my friend, I was like, do you think I should be looking into investment? Like, I got to figure out how I can get this off the ground. It's not like I have all this money saved up. Um, and so he kind of, he's like, well, you need to, you would get investment if it's someone that can actually benefit you, not just give you money, but also actually help you move forward. Like in the industry, industry knowledge, investment knowledge. And literally that night, a, a coworker was like, oh, there's this event. You should come to it. Like, come with me to it for a little bit. And I really didn't want to go, but I was like, all right, I'll go for a minute. And that's that night I ended up meeting Eric, who's the C, was the CEO of Canopy San Diego, which is a cannabis accelerator. Um, and so I, I met a guy there who was talking to me about that accelerator. I introduced myself to Eric. I told him what I'm trying to work on. And his whole thing was, you know, well, we were, we're looking more for technology based. And I was like, well, I've been considering, you know, I know online learning's a huge 
way to go. It's, it's more scalable. So I'm definitely open to that. And so it was literally that night I met him the next, I sent him an email when I got home from that networking event and met with him two days later. And then I applied and within a month got into the accelerator that was starting that second one in March and yeah, went from there. So it's, it's one of those things that I was open to it. I, I going into the accelerator getting a little bit of investment firsthand, obviously who knows where I'd be if this would even be existing, if it wasn't for that. Um, you know, I, going in, obviously I had cannabis experience. There's a lot of people in that accelerator that had no cannabis experience coming from the outside in. I had that cannabis experience, but I didn't have any experience really on running a business and, and getting investment. And so having them, having that, like you talked about the masterminds working together, they had all these mentors coming in that, that three, four months taught me so much and, and helped me and it just helped me move forward with my business and helped me push and go fast, like get things started and, 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 and not, and not be so caught up on having everything perfect, but actually just getting out there and, and making it happen and, and meeting people and introducing what I'm doing. So when I got my first set of clients right after that accelerator, I literally had barely just finished like recording 10 modules and they were just basic me in a college shirt. Don't ask me why I was all dressed up thinking you need to be all dressed up in this industry. <laughs> but I, I was in, it was actually the group that I had went in and, and messed around with in San Diego at the dispensary. They introduced me to this group. And if it wasn't for them, like, I mean, that played a huge part in my business getting going. Cause we all know startups are very hard to, you know, your first couple years to even make revenue is difficult. But I, I got started before I'd even finished all the videos and I just went with it. And I just started working in, and then, and in building. So my, my first last two years, I was literally still writing and building modules while also trying to sell. But if it wasn't for that accelerator, I mean, who knows if MJ hybrid solutions would even be around. I love it. I, I, I love, uh, there's, um, I, I wrote down some, just these can be like bullet points for this episode. I love when you said pre-beta because uh, you didn't wait, you know, they say perfect is the enemy of done and, and you didn't wait till you had something built. You just went into a freaking dispensary. You, <laughs> you even, I think you even said some, the OGs, you know, yeah. the cowboy dispensary yeah. and you, you had an idea and you just said, uh, you, it's called a pre-beta or whatever you want to call it. I love the words. And you just, you went through it with them and they had an increase in sales. So what happened is to use some of the, you know, accelerator startup vernacular is you, you developed an MVP, a minimally viable, minimal viable product. You tested it live in the marketplace, validated your idea. And from there took the validation and said, basically my words, not yours. I'm onto something. This, this is something that's needed let's build this. And um, so Canopy is, uh, for those folks who aren't not sure, it's probably one of the most known accelerator programs, cannabis specific in, in the country. They have Canopy Boulder and then San Diego. Um, so it is um, validated the idea, took it to market. When, when, so then you mentioned that uh, it was about March. March of what year did you join that cohort of Canopy um, San Diego? 2017. Gotcha. And, and I also love MJ when you said that, um, you know, startups generally, uh, it takes a couple of years just to maybe realize any kind of revenue. It's, it's a grind. It's, um, and it's, it's something you've experienced and I've experienced. And I, I don't want that to be lost on listeners is that these aren't, whenever I see headlines of your, you know, six figure course or seven figures, um, and there's a lot of online courses, not, not necessarily in cannabis, but in every other industry. And I'm just like, that is, 
that's unrealistic. It takes a lot of toil and work um, just to feed ourselves. And so I want to point that out. You joined in March 2017. That was after you validated your idea sometime maybe earlier in 17 or maybe even late 16. And here we are in 2019 and your dream, the company is beginning to churn real revenue and do real things. And um, I, I'm, I'm saying this out loud so folks get a, um, a visual or, or mental of the timeline of what, a, what it really takes to build a responsible and ethical, a real business. So, and those are my words because there's a lot of folks who are just rushing to the industry and they want to launch the next million dollar e-commerce CBD website. And I'm just like, you're bastardizing us. You're, you're, I'm not, I think they just put it on and think it's going to sell itself without realizing like, there's 5,000 CBD products out there. So <laughs> if you don't know how, you don't have a branding behind it. A lot of stuff. Um, I, I dig, I, I dig your story. I, I like, uh, there was so many parts of it that the first time we spoke, I was, I really just was digging. Um, the fact that you're from SoCal, the fact that uh, you went through an incubator, that you were from a different industry, you found a gap, you recognized it, you built, uh, created a solution. You took the, in my opinion, the steps that a responsible entrepreneur does is you validate it first, you develop a pre-beta MVP and see if it's actually needed before you build it. The whole build it and they will come is such a fallacy in the industry and um, I, I, I love it. Uh, I, I love everything you've said. And thank you and I appreciate that. And I, but I do also, you know, I like to be as real as it can get to and it's still, I mean, it's still, I'm still growing, right? I still have bad months or months and I'm like, crap, I need more revenue. You know, it, it, it's still a building process because you have to get people to trust you, right? And even though I, I have gotten a lot of um, stuff off referrals, which has been great, but it's still to get out there when you're an early stage company, it, it's difficult. You got to get people to trust you. So it's a process. So, you know, right now I'm not upgrading to first class. Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't want... But, you know, even last year I made some mistakes and I, I was, I went so quick that I did have to, you know, I kind of got ahead of myself and I tried to do all these things and it kind of came back to bite me in the butt. You know, we all make mistakes, right? And that's how you learn from them and grow. But that's what you, it could have been easy for me to give up multiple times. And so you go back to that, the process and the work it takes. So it's a lot of people think, oh yeah, you've just taken up, but you, there's a lot of behind the scenes and a lot of mistakes that have been made that I, I basically right now, I'm kind of like from this last six, eight months, had to kind of go through back through a rebuild mode because I brought on kind of the wrong team. I tried to hire too fast, brought on some people that didn't work out, paid them too much money to where it kind of almost drove my business to the ground, right? And so I've been able to overcome that because like you talked about the validation and knowing this is a need and, and seeing that. And even though it's not everyone's blocking to sign up for training overnight, it's as you grow and you get that rep, you know, you, you build that reputation and you build, um, you know, so it's a long-term game. It's like I teach with sales training, right? You got to meet your customers' needs, make sure they're happy. And, and you can't have 500 customers at once and then be able to meet all their needs. You have your first, most of my revenue comes from the main group and, and it's making sure that everything's going the right way and, and going back and fixing things as you grow. So it's all a process. It takes time, but you got to be patient. And, and continue it. And if, if you really do have that need, then you're, you're going to, you know, it will get there. So that's what sure. I'm starting to see that pick up. It's the, you know, little things. Yeah. <laughs> Patience and perseverance. You know, with, with your initials, you were destined to be a cannabis yeah. <laughs> um, 
movement shaker. So for everybody, those of you who don't know her initials, MJ Hybrid, her company, MJ Hybrid Solutions, those are actually her name, her initials for her name, MJ. So. <laughs> I know. It's so, everyone always, right when I first started too, that in the, in the Cannabis Accelerator, it's like, oh, for banking purposes and stuff, you shouldn't have your, you know, your title or your company name have Canna or whatever. And, and so I was like, it's actually after Melissa Jane, you know, so it's, it's so fun to throw people off of that. <laughs> How funny. So what's, um, what, what's, what's the big goal you have? So if we look at um, from now to the next year, the next 12 months, um, what's, the, what's the target for you from a business perspective? You know, what are you driving towards over the next 12 months? So the next 12 months is, I mean, continuing to grow state by state with the dispensaries. And, you know, I've been putting a lot of focus recently on the CBD retail stores. They're growing super quick. Um, you're seeing them pop up all over the U S and so the next 12 months, also a goal of mine is along with the sales and education is to roll out a leadership program. So, or management program. So as, as we all know, you know, as this industry grows, right, these companies start to grow super fast. You promote within and especially with dispensaries, retail stores, when you have a bud tender and you promote them to become a manager, it's a different game, right? It's, there's people that can be great. At bud, at bud tending are great at sales, but then they become a manager and they're horrible at it or they just don't have the skills. So I think it's super important too, especially going back to the implementation pieces, is having that management training, leadership training available with the sales training so that within these companies as they grow and they promote within these people, they have the tools to be successful and to build a successful team. Um, so that's next 12 months is to get, you know, I have a little bit of content done and, and I've been a little bit slow lagging on writing that content, but that's to get a leadership program in place as well to offer when I roll out to these stores. Love it. How big is your team right now? Um, there's only a couple of us. I'm the only full time, to be honest. Okay. Yep. As, as you're talking, uh, I, I, I wanted to bring that up because I think we talked about that before, but what you're describing, it, one would think, oh, she must have a huge team. But the reality, a lot like, you know, so we're talking here and uh, when we, before we recorded, I let you know that it's just me and my, and the producer, that's it. There's yeah. no, we don't have a video production team. We're using Zoom. Uh, we're, we're as, I love to remain kind of in that startup mentality because it keeps us grounded. And so um, we're, like I said, we're here in my office, you know, we're recording this. There, our team is two people. And my wife just walked in a second ago to drop a magazine off. I just got in the mail. Oh, Marijuana Business Magazine. <laughs> Go figure. Nice. So um, big things on the horizon. Leadership management program uh, growing state by state. And it seems like the CBD craze is, I know here in San Antonio alone, I think we lost count. There's probably about three dozen CBD dispensaries alone in my city, just my city, wow. three dozen. And they are, it's an explosive industry. So without a doubt, I, I would agree with you, not that you need my agreement, but what you're doing is it's time. It, it's time to elevate the game, to professionalize the industry, to bring a whole new level of entrepreneurship, of sales, of marketing, of, of business period, um, because of the things you identified back in 2015, 16, the, this gap. So. Um, I love I love this conversation, and um, as much as I could probably sit here and, and chat with you and just dissect <laughs> <Okay>. stuff, <laughs> but I, I have a, I I just know now we're gonna we will meet at some point, and I always like to do at some point maybe in six months or a year follow ups, and just to kind of hear where companies are because uh, one thing you said earlier 
and I quoted you, everyone in the industry is a startup. And that is exactly where we're at. You know, barring the black market, you know, trade that has gone on and will likely go on, um, every, everyone in the industry is a startup right now. And that is the truth. And what, a, what an awesome time to be an entrepreneur or somebody with ideas in the U.S., in the cannabis industry today. It's awesome. Oh, yes. But just so, remember, that's why everything takes longer, too, in this industry, right? Especially when you're an ancillary or you're bringing some type of service especially to these dispensaries, right? They're still in the, a lot of them are still bleeding red and still trying to get up and running. So you have to really, you know, that's been my game is I'm not trying to overcharge. It's trying to be fair. And because I, I do want everybody, I, I do feel there is a way to train and develop your team. And I do want to be a part in helping people streamline that. And so, you know, when, if you are an entrepreneur or someone looking to start in this industry, you know, you just have to be aware of that. And, and, you know, in California, we know all the regulations and taxes, everything's out of control here right now. Right. And a lot of the licensed stores are struggling. They're not just, you know, throwing up dollar bills anywhere left and right. They're struggling to, to make ends meet because they have all these taxes and all these changes going on. So everything, you know, it takes time. It will work itself out. So you just, you have to stay grinding. You have to stay on it, stay aggressive. You just, you can't get in this industry thinking you're just going to get in, make a quick buck and get out. That's long gone. <laughs> Patience and perseverance. So um, where, where can we find you? Like on Instagram, what, like where can people who are listening, and we'll put all this in the show notes and on our YouTube channel, there'll be clickable links, but where can people find you? So uh, the Instagram for M is MJ Hybrid Solutions. If you want to check out my website, it's uh, www.mjhybridsolutions.com. Um, my email is mj at mjhybridsolutions.com. Simple enough. And so that's it. Just Google mjhybridsolutions.com. I should pop up. My cell phone should be popped up right there. It's again, still, still a small team. How funny. Still today, but tomorrow, guys, watch out. So watch out. Yeah, what, one day, so you mark, mark, mark my words, you're going to see MJ walking across some, when the Academy Awards of Cannabis happens, you're going to see, not, and I mean that sincerely, you're going to see the companies that are doing things the right way. They're not, they're not rushing in. They're not thinking about tomorrow. They're thinking about the next decade, the next 20, 30 years, that big, hairy, audacious goal. And um, I've, I've I firmly believe that the ones who are in it for the long haul to create legacy, long-lasting um, impact uh, are the ones who will succeed. The ones who will walk across that Academy Awards of Cannabis, and who knows? Maybe, hey, maybe that's a new idea. <laughs> Awards of Cannabis, you're seeing those stuff hey. pop up. Um, and that's, you know, one thing I, I want to end with and just kind of side note from everyone in this industry is that I think what a lot of people need to look at, because, you know, there's a lot of competition too, right? And a lot of people coming in and everyone's kind of fighting for the top spot and but people got to realize, especially the people that are dealing with consumers that are selling products is, is we're in this together still, because we still have a fight. We still, it's still, yeah, hemp's federally legal now, but it's, it's still not fully there yet. And then obviously cannabis, marijuana is still considered a schedule one substance. So we have to work together and we have to understand that, that the education, educating our consumers, you know, putting the right, having the right product and, and being honest about what we're selling and, and honest about, 
about uh, what it can do and, and product knowledge and I don't know, just and all of that stuff. We have to work together to make sure every single person, because if one person comes into one store and they have a bad experience, right? They're not going to come into your store ever and they're going to go out and tell people and think that CBD or cannabis is just a whole, uh, what's the word people think that a placebo or whatever, or that it doesn't work or it's awful. And, and it, it's going to, that's just going to make it that much harder to get to move forward. So I think that's something that people need to keep in mind as, as working together and understanding that every store, everybody, every consumer that interacts with anyone in the cannabis space, it's just super important how we present ourselves, how we educate and, and being on top of that. So you know, the, the people that aren't, don't care in it for a short term, they'll, they'll eventually roll themselves out. Right. Um, but we just, we have to be in this together. So yes, there's competition, you know, it's all, it's all fun, but we have to learn to work together and, and, and think about the big picture. You're right. The ones who are in it for the quick, the quick um, win are the ones who will roll themselves out. So um, MJ, I really appreciate your time today. Really appreciate you coming on to the show. I know. Grateful. We look forward to meeting you. I know it's going to be sooner, sooner than later. So I, I'm due for a trip out to Southern Cal and um, you live in my most favorite part, honestly, of the world, Venice Beach, Santa Monica, California. So I'll, I'll be out there sometime. And, and I, I, now that you've, you've put your, all your information, well, I know your text, but I'll, you put your information, I'm going to be Instagramming you and texting you and saying, yeah. hey, <laughs> I'm here on the boardwalk. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll jump on a bird and meet you. <laughs> nice. MJ, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate right. it. Come on. Nice. So remember, so those of y'all, um, be sure to connect with, with MJ. She gave you the information. It will be here in the show notes. Leave some, leave some comments, questions for her. Um, and if she doesn't answer, I'll make sure that she responds to them. But guys, um, we're here for you. We're here to educate and empower you as cannabis consumers, entrepreneurs, startups. Thanks y'all for tuning in. Remember, you got a weed to no basis if you're here. Peace.